Thank you for joining us at Conversations to Inspire. I am your host, Teresa Moore. There are many facets of our mind-body-spirit connection. In this episode, we explore spiritual healing with our guest, Eva Nelson. Eva is a spiritual healer and a spiritual coach. Eva has a master's degree in industrial and organizational psychology, but after feeling called to become a spiritual healer, Eva left her successful corporate job to pursue spiritual healing and coaching, helping people all over the country. Please visit her website, evanelsonhealing.com, to learn more and to listen to her podcast about her own personal journey called Life is Messy. Eva is a gifted healer, and you can schedule a remote session with her on her website. During a healing session, she can provide a lot of context about who you are, where you come from, what is your bigger essence, and Eva can shift and clear energies. This can be a very impactful and transformational process or journey. In this episode, Eva teaches us about her gifts, that not only can she communicate with spirit, but she is transformational. She not only downloads data, but her spiritual healing taps into potent healing energies. Eva teaches us to trust our yeses, that we know where we are going, and to claim and remember ourselves. Eva tells us her story about meeting her guru in India, leaving her corporate job, and learning to become a spiritual healer as well as a breathwork facilitator. Eva teaches us to believe we are worthy, that validation from others is a gift, but true validation comes from ourselves, and to honor and trust ourselves. Eva teaches us about her own breathwork journey to tap into herself and teaches us that breathwork can empower us, connect us to our true selves, clear the debris, and heal our traumas and emotions. We belong in the light, in the love, and breathwork can help us realize this. This is part two of a two-part series. Be sure to listen to part one for Eva's full teachings and story. Here is the second half of my conversation with a spiritual healer, Eva Nelson. Everything that we do is connection. Everything that we do is spiritual. All these moments were connected to the spirit at any moment. And you'll hear if you're ever around me, I talk to myself all the time. But that's really my way of connecting in the spirit. They're always with me. This is a communication. This is like a relationship that I have that never goes away. But we have been taught that you have to do it on your meditation pillow and you have to do this or you have to be in this kind of transformational program or you have to be doing that. You have to be doing something high vibrational. Living is high vibrational. So we forget and we're so hard on ourselves and we make it really hard to connect and spirit keeps trying to break down these barriers. And that's what I love about what I do because I am someone that breaks down the barriers. Why is that a barrier? And they're like, because of this. I'm like, cool, done, next. What's the next barrier? Nope, nope, nope. And then what's left? Me. And what are you? Spirit. Ah, so like just being me is a connection, right? So that's why we say follow your intuition because... You're remembering that you know how to do this. You know how to connect, whether you go outside and connect, whether you're doing it when you're singing or gardening or being with someone, making love, all the things. Like we all connect in our own ways, but we're remembering. Like we all know how to do this. So I say all this and like, thank you for being so patient. This is the way I talk. We're no, going around I'll, the world here. I This is how I listen. This is perfect. <laughs> Any other way, I'd be like, wait, what? I don't yeah. get it. And thank you, listeners. <laughs> I hope you're getting something out of this. But back to the gift. So we all have our superpower. And one of my superpowers that I have learned on this healing journey is that I am transformational. So I help people transform. It's just my energy. I can't not do it, which is why I always say, like, if you want to work with me, yes, and it will transform. So if you're not sure, book an intro, have one session, but it's definitely not for the weak of heart. So if you just want to get a vision of should you move to California or not, don't, I'm not your lady. Do not come to me because the work that we do is very transformational. 
Anything that I do with people is transformational. And that's my gift. That's the puzzle I have for people is to really untap their ability to transform because we all have it. We naturally know how to change and transform. It's just very scary and we've forgotten how to do it. So in that, I don't, I didn't know what, what channeling was when I got into this journey. I didn't know what being a healer meant. I didn't know any of it. But as I said to spirit, you got to tell me what I'm supposed to do or I'm out. I really didn't. I started to hike. I started to do more things. And everywhere I went, I just kept hearing the word healer, healer. I would turn on the radio and they'd be like, talking to so-and-so, a healer. And I'm like, I get it. This is why I say like the amount that they help us is insane. And following the breadcrumbs, right? But I lived outside of Boulder, Colorado, and you can literally spit in any direction and hit some kind of healer. So I'm like, yeah, that's not very specific. And I don't know what you mean by that. And I don't even know what that means. I've never even seen a healer myself. So I just kept following and just kept being in this I call it a trust fall. Like I'm in a trust fall with spirit. So they're going to catch me at some point or I guess I'll just keep falling. But I don't know where I'm supposed to be anymore. So to pretend like I know what I'm supposed to do, it's not going to help me. So I'm going to continue to fall. I'm going to continue to surrender. Very uncomfortably, by the way. <laughs> this is not like Teresa sees me smiling right now. But when I'm falling, like, no, it looked more like panic, nails on the side of the wall. But you trust still, fall. I love that trust fall. I never heard that before. <laughs> trust fall. Yeah. And I did end up going to the Boulder Psychic Institute because of the breadcrumbs. And I didn't come from a background that using the word psychic was very comfortable. In fact, it sounded way woo-woo to me. I don't know, like elite. I don't know all the words, all the stigma that I had. And listeners, you probably have your own thoughts about the word. But eventually, everyone kept pointing me to that direction. So I went. And of course, it was in Boulder. It was right in my backyard. So I went for a year. And it was a beautiful experience because I learned the language of energy, of seeing energy, of connecting into spirit. And what I started to very soon realize is that I had an ability to really connect in the spirit, to channel in a way that no one around me did. By the way, there are others that have my gift. I trust that. I have not met them yet, but I absolutely trust that they're out there. But my way of healing was very much a conduit of not just data, but potent energetic healing energies. And I learned, my whole journey was actually learning to trust that because I kept looking for a teacher. I kept looking for a format, a structure, like, how do I do this? How do I use this? And Spirit kept being like, we're like giving you all the things. We don't know what you need. I'm like, yeah, but whatever, you're up there. I need someone down here to tell me what I'm doing, to tell me I'm a healer. And over two years, I really just kept working with people, practicing. And that's what shifted my reality or thinking about myself is other people's reactions, other people's transformations. That's the reason I do what I do is because it's the proof is in the pudding. The people would come to me and say like, I'm very much changed because of our session or the work that we do together. You nailed things that I didn't even know about myself. You knew things that you shouldn't know. And then we work the energy. There was a whole moment I had a kind of a, I would just say another dark soul of the night where, yeah, I have these gifts, but so many of us are taught that unless you're ordained or you come from a long lineage, et cetera, which by the way, I'm not, I'm not denouncing these philosophies because they're there for a reason. But for some of us, I was remembering that I've been a healer for a really, really long time. I was just remembering that I knew how to do this and I had to believe in it, trustful with myself. And the way I work with clients and just implicitly trust that I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, even though all my inner critic, all society wants to tell me, like, you shouldn't be doing this. Oh, this is crazy. Nope. 
each session, I let it drop and I meet the person where they're at. And then their feedback is what keeps me going. To this day, there are still moments, I've been doing this for five years now, where right before a session, I'm like, what are you doing? Do you even know what you're doing? And I'm like, stop it. I do. But really, we're all like, this is real for me, right? Have to trust. Yes. And trust that the spirit guides are there to help you as well, because they're here to help everyone. And some of us just need you as a conduit to let the spirit guides come through. Yeah. And I think something like this, even for myself, because I, if and when you listen to my story, it, it wasn't the easiest. And I had to learn to be very practical and a survivor and do think, you know, trusting things that you can't see that really don't make sense, that feel like this leap of faith were things that really challenged me. Like, well, how am I going to convince people that I can help them? And so it's like, you don't have to do anything. Because them working with you, them working with themselves is the benefit, is the proof. You don't, you're not in charge of making this credible or something that people can touch and feel. Like, that's not what you're doing. You're teaching them that there are things that we don't understand and know, and that's okay. That doesn't make us less intelligent or weak or woo-woo. It actually makes us holistic humans, where we are thinking and feeling and intuiting our way through it, right? Is that part of it, that spirit knows that when someone comes to you, that they are open and willing and that they are allowing the work to be done? Yeah, like usually you don't show up on my doorstep or on or in my email, however you look at it, without even an unconscious agreement that like you're ready something, you're done with something. I'm at a crossroads. I'm stuck. I'm, I'm done with this relationship. I'm done with this trauma. But done is a strong word, but like I need something different. You can sense that you feel that it's time for a change, that you maybe want to grow, need to change, do something, but you can't quite put your finger on it. I feel like so much of it is an intangible and not yes. even knowing exactly why I would be asking a certain question. Yes. I do intuitive development, and I've done this for myself. So my whole journey has been this trust fall is actually trusting my yeses. And yeses that do not make any logical sense. But it's so strong of a yes. It's so strong of a pull that I'm like, okay. When you asked me, I was like, yes. And I'm like, well, that was very fast. Are you sure? And I was like, yes. You know, but my whole system then... I always say, trust your yes, say it out loud, and then have your reactions because we're humans. So I said yes, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. Who wants to listen to me? And then I go into my inner critic, my stories. As we all do. Right. But the change happens in those moments where we trust our yes. And even with the fear that came with me this morning, we still walk with it because it was a yes. I trust my yeses. Yeah, you can come to me without, or anyone, by the way, if you're called to anything, trust it. And you don't have to know why. I've often ended up in situations, a lot of them actually, where I'm like, I have no idea why I'm here, but I'm here. And everyone else is like, oh, I've read all your books. This is what I want to learn. I'm like, that's amazing that you're so aware. And I love that, by the way. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm literally owning like, I have no, I don't know who you are. I've never heard you. I just, it was a strong yes. I found you in this weird way. These three people told me like all the breadcrumbs. So I'm open. And then at the end of it, I'm like, ah, this, okay, now it makes sense. But sometimes there's beauty in not having an, a strong intention or like, I want to get here and more of a, I don't know, like I trust where I'm going to bring myself. Like soften. I was thinking, yes. is this like softening your approach or your expectations and then just being able to be open? Right? Yeah, which by the way is solely uncomfortable and not something that any of us are good at because our society teaches you to be prepared, to be managed, to be organized, to know what you're doing, have the goals, blah, 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 which by the way, there's beauty in that. But 
when we do that, and this is what I was doing before I had my break, and I'm especially missing... with you coming from the corporate standpoint yes. too. That's got to be a huge impact on how you approach everything. Yeah. And coming from where I came from, this idea that if you don't know what you're doing, that you're untrustworthy, that you're unprofessional, that you're irresponsible, right? We go through all of our lies about this. But also when I'm in autopilot, which is what it is, or I'm functioning from something that's not really me or a paradigm that doesn't fit with me, I'm missing my actual life. I'm missing my actual essence. I'm missing my opportunities to grow because I'm just, I'm on, I'm on autopilot. And I really was for a long time. When I had my break, I was sitting in my master closet, looking at all my suits. And in Colorado, everyone has a million hobbies, right? And I looked around at everything, my soccer stuff, my climbing stuff, my yoga stuff, everything. And I just, do you like any of this? Is this really you? Who are you? And I was like, I don't know. And I was like, you know what, though? I don't like you. I'm like, I don't like you either. I didn't. I did not like myself. I had so lost myself in living the life, living the dream, being the mom, being the corporate person, that all my authenticity was stuck really far down where I literally did not know who I was. And that has been my journey is coming back to me. Wow. Just wow. And I think all of us, if we haven't been to that point, maybe it's because we get help from people like you, I feel like most everyone gets to that point where you're like, okay, I don't even know which end is up. I don't even know what I'm supposed to say yes or no to. I don't even know who I am as a basic foundation of it all. So you had this epiphany. You're in your master closet, what, sitting on the floor, looking at everything. And your mother had just passed away. Your son's going off to high school and you're thinking, okay, what am I doing with my life? What am I supposed to do? Yeah. Well, in that moment, I think the realization that really hit me was I didn't like myself, that I wasn't happy with my life, anything. And I kept asking myself, this? No. This? No. You know, like your relationship? No. Your job? No. But by the way, I loved my job. I love my team. I love what I did. But that role had been completed. But I was in this autopilot. I'll just keep promoting. And I'm like, boy, what are you doing? Are you happy? I'm like, no. I'm not only am I not happy, but I don't like myself. And if I don't figure out how to like myself, I don't actually want to be here. And I really had that moment. And a lot of us talk about, and for everyone listening, we talk about these dark souls of the night or these dark moments. And we get really, I've had people that have absolutely taken their own life and there, there's, there's, there's weight there. There's baggage there. And there's a, there's a real loss there. And for a lot of us, if we're honest, we do think sometimes, why am I here? And some of us don't always want to be here. It doesn't mean. I say this a lot to friends that know me, like I'm having a hard, this is a hard day and I still have them. Like I, I, this is a day that I don't want to be here. And it's like me admitting that I want to drink alcohol. It's just saying the thing. I'm not going to do anything about it, but it's really beautiful and honoring of me to be like, yeah, I'm just struggling and being human today. But I do think those are the moments where we, we get to say, this has been my journey of spirit. It was like, do you want to fight for you? Are you in? And I had a lot of moments where I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm worth fighting for. And I don't know if I'm in. And that was the journey. And it was a long one. And that led me to breathwork, actually. So it led me to quitting my job, not knowing what I was going to do. I was doing the psychic program and very much learning that I was going beyond the psychic program, but having no nets. I was really in a bad space, but I implicitly trusted that I had to leave my corporate job to create the space and really commit to the trust fall. Because I could go back to it. And I kept telling myself, because this is our rational part, Eva, you can quit. You're so talented. You can go back. That was my way of confronting the fear. I'm not going to fully let go, like, because I can always go back, but it helped me to like take that step, be like, 
I'm quitting. And my my leader is, where are you going? I was like, nowhere. She's like, oh my gosh, that's terrifying. I'm like, yes, I'm pooping my pants right now. Believe me, I want to go throw up. This is what I'm doing. These moments uh. are like, I always tell my clients, if you feel like pooping your pants or throwing up, and maybe both at the same time, it means you're on to something good. Keep going. But it's a sign that we're actually, we're coming against that growth edge. Mm. If something's really easy, because I always get the question like, well, Eva, if I'm struggling with this, does it just mean I'm failing? I'm like, no, opposite. If you're struggling with something, it means you're actually working it. If something's easy, you're probably already worked it and you should be going on to the next thing. Struggle actually means progress. Uncomfortability means progress. Fear, anxiety, depression, all of those means you're up against something. What is it? Can we move through it together? Let's go through the fire. But we're stuck in the fire, right? So not to feel that you shouldn't go through the resistance, but to feel that you should push through the resistance because there's something better on the other side, some growth, some part of your journey that you need to fulfill. Yes, because spiritual, the the shadow side of spirituality will tell you that if you're doing everything right, your vibration's high, you're eating what you're supposed to be eating, you're doing all the things, life will be great. You'll track the right people, nothing will happen. Well, that's not life, right? And it shames us and it tells us that we're doing something wrong. And in spirituality, that is the one place that we need to feel like you cannot mess it up because that is the truth. By the way, I've made decisions in my more quote-unquote evolved state that have absolutely been sabotaging. And I'm like, cool, because I'm still human. I'm on this journey. So I'm still going to learn just because I know. And I think there's an assumption, too, that I'm so connected that I must have everything together. I'm like, do you right, it's like know you me? A, you have the cheat codes. <laughs> Spend a day with me. You'll be like, oh, shit, I could do this, too. Look at her. She's a mess. I'm like, yes, thank you. I love it that you could just say that. And I would probably feel the same way. But there's so much to it where people have expectations. People think that, like you said, you know the answers. So you should have all the answers. Yeah. But we don't. No. No. You don't have all the answers. None of us do. None and of even, us. Even though a spirit is helping us and guiding us, everyone is on our own journey. Yeah, because even guides would never say, like, here are the answers for this person. They would never say that. Okay. They just don't. I mean, they'll guide you to the next thing. Because I kept asking, here's the forecasting, and it can be helpful, but I often ask a spirit, because I do have this connection, okay, play this out for me. I'm like sitting in my car, my corporate suit, still trying to figure out what to do with myself, really in a bad place. And such a huge decision you had to make. Oh, yeah. I'm in the thick of it. And I'm drinking too much. I don't feel good. I'm just, it's not good. So I'm sitting in my car, really cheeky. And this is how I talk to spirit. And this is why I say, like, talk to spirit however you want. They're there for you no matter what. But I was like, okay, guys, you want me to be a healer? That's adorable. So just tell me what this looks like. You know, and I'm just driving. I had an hour and a half commute to my job every day, back and forth. Oh, my goodness. So there's a lot of time in my car. A lot of thinking time. Yeah. And it's beautiful for processing, right? Because I'm talking to myself the whole time. And I get this image. I've gotten a couple images in my life. You could call them visions or, or whatever. But at a clear as day, they show me as me, as you see me now, like just middle-aged white woman. And they're like, you are going to turn spirituality upside down. You will not be liked by your peers. And you're going to help bring spirituality back. And I was like, this is your pep talk? I'm out. I don't think I could do this. You know, like, and I was like, what do you mean I'm not going to be liked by my peers? I think because of, yeah, I am transformational. And at my root, I am a disruptor. I will question things. I, and this is why I was a good leader. This is why I was a good consultant. I see things in a different way. I can like pick things apart and be like, well, why wouldn't we do it this way? 
right? But that's kind of what keeps me going is to remember, like, I've had people tell me that I have no right doing what I'm doing because I don't have the right lineage or because it's dangerous. You're going to scare people or like you're going to get stuck in another dimension. I'm like, oh my gosh, stop it. But I get it that we are driven by fear. And if we just reminded everyone that it's in them, like, would we be out of a job? Well, for me, There's no competition. I'm not trying to convince people they need me. Hopefully, I'm helping people so that they then use their gift, their puzzle piece, because we all have a puzzle piece. So I have one, and I will tell clients when they've gotten mine and they need to move on. I'm like, you've gotten the thing from me, so what's next? And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I have a puzzle piece that you need to make your whole puzzle. You have lots of your own, but everyone you meet has a puzzle piece. So we want to collect all those. And if we get trapped in the idea of following one person, this is why I'm not a big fan of gurus or putting people on pedestals because I'm just me and I just have a puzzle piece. It's not better or less, but you're going to get that puzzle piece. And then you have a puzzle piece, by the way, that you're giving to others, not better or less. But this idea that if we're just empowering others to remember who they are and tap into their own gifts is not one, it makes people nervous. Right. It challenges our preconceived notions that there's an easy fix out there or that you can just read this book. And it challenges so many of our preconceived notions. Yeah. I mean, things we grew up with, even the spiritual world, you know, God, religion. There are so many facets of that that it, it kind of turns everything topsy turvy. Yes. I'm sure some people have a hard time believing that it even is true or exists. And that's okay because that's where they are on their journey. And I know that a lot of people also have a hard time meshing this with their Christianity or their faith and their religion. And that's okay too because the two can coincide. Yes. And they do, obviously. Yeah. But it's so refreshing just to have someone that, like you that is willing to take the path, even though it's hard, I'm sure, at times. Yes. And it's challenging. And you had to leave that life entirely, you chose to leave that life entirely to pursue this and to trust, do that trust fall. But there's so much of that. And I can just see it within you that you just want to help people and you want to encourage and love and share that message. Yeah. And I mean, I've been on this own journey of reminding all of us that we know where we're going and we all need help though. But I know the moment that I really claimed and a lot of my work too is claiming ourselves, like claiming our superpowers, remembering ourselves, but also claiming ourselves. Yes, claim it. You know, because when we claim it, we can walk with it. And I, I like w- that. That gives us a power, a yes. empowerment, or it gives us a sense of I can do this. I'm okay and I'm supported. Yes, because before I had my moment of claiming, I was like, yeah, I'm a healer. I can like, but so insecure. My voice would get lost and I get it. And there is a beautiful part. I'm a huge believer in everything I teach. We talk about ethics, integrity and humility. And I hit humility over the head a million times because so many of us want to be like, yeah, I have these gifts. Like you're adorable. These gifts come through me and I can hold them. And I'm so honored that I can, but I don't do anything. But I had also been seeking a teacher and a guru forever. And so I'm in India. I spent a year there. That's a whole other story. Not intentionally, but I was there. And I finally meet my guru, Teresa. And he's like, I want to meet with you. I'm like, okay, this is the moment. This is the end of 2020. And I was trying to figure out if I leave India or not to come back to the States. And I was like, okay, this is the moment. And I was like a little kid, like, oh my gosh, it's a guru. And he wants to meet with me by myself. Like, oh my gosh. Right. But I knew it was going to come, the pitch, right, to be one of his followers. So I go in with spirit and totally open. And in this moment, literally in this moment in time, I still thought I needed a teacher. 
And we all need help. So I'm not saying I don't need people, but like I needed that guru, right, to tell me or to help me. And he's the one that was like, yeah, it's kind of irresponsible that you're doing what you're doing because you don't come from a lineage or a path. And that was interesting. And once again, I see his path, so I didn't take it personal. Right. That's more of a cultural statement. Yeah. Like, I get it. And that, you know, like it would really behoove me to be mentored and brought into a fold. And then he was like, so, yeah, who? And I was like, well, I have a teacher. And he was like, who's your teacher? And in that moment, it was like us. And I was like, huh? And here's the guru looking at me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I have a teacher. And he's like, who? And I'm like, spirit. And he looked at me like, are you kidding me right now? But I felt so sure and so good and so empowered. And I was like, yeah, actually, I'm good. Thank you for meeting with me. Thank you for the invitation. But I'm good. Because like, that was probably part of what you needed to hear, too. Yes. Absolutely. I needed that moment of, are you going to once again devalue where you're at and give your power to somebody else? Are you going to do this again? Because this is a pattern with me. And in that moment, I was like, no, I'm good. I have teachers. I think I'm okay. Yep. And I left. And I, as I was walking away, I had a mixture of like, I'm so proud of you to like, are you out of your mind, right? <laughs> because we're dualistic. You know, we can feel all kinds of emotions at once. So it wasn't this moment where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm totally fine. There was a lot of like, did, did you mess something up? Oh, absolutely. Yes. But no, in that moment, I claimed I'm a healer and I have my teachers. I trust what I do. I'm okay. And you could probably just feel that that was the right decision, that that was the absolute truth within you and with the spirit. Yeah, and it clicked so many things inside of me, like this moment of remembering my worth and remembering my gifts and honoring myself, right? Because this is what I help clients do. And by the way, our superpower is what we do well with others and we're still struggling to do with ourselves, right? Say that again. Yeah. Often our superpowers is the thing that we are naturally good at for others. And doing it for ourselves is the life lesson. Because if you work with me, you'll know I transform everyone, empower everyone, and here I am still fighting with my insecurity and doubt. And it's like, yeah, because my superpower is the thing that I'm still learning to claim and honor in myself, right? So in that moment, some of that happened. Like, you're good. You've got this, you know, this belief in myself that I didn't have before, that I was wanting someone to validate me. And Spirit's like, we're validating you. Like everyone that you work with is validating you. Let it go. And I was like, paradigm shift. Yeah, I'm good. Love you. Thank you. But really, and honestly, super grat super grateful and nothing against him. Thank you for the invitation to challenge myself. You needed him in your path probably just to be able to see that for yourself. Yes, and have this moment. What are you going to do? And and even claim it because I could hear it. And I was like, I'm not going to say that. And they're like, we're your teachers. I'm like, this makes me sound crazy. And I was like, I do. And I was like a little kid. I was like, I do. And I was super excited. And that's when I also know it was authentic. It just came out. I couldn't stop it. It came out. And then I saw his look on his face. And I was like, oh, you said it. You said the thing. You should walk away. You should get out of here. I'm like, yeah, anyway, okay. I'm, I'm leaving now. I mean, it was such a moment. He was just like, I don't know what to do with you. I'm like, yeah, you don't need to do anything with me. This has nothing against you. You know, this is all my own journey. I have such a huge smile on my face right now. <laughs> that is just such a fantastic story. <laughs> and I could just see you almost there in that moment and just such a, a revelation for you or just seeing your true truth. Yeah. And at that moment, I was like, okay, I'm ready to go home. I'm good. India did help me transform 
in so many ways, but I have gotten it. And often in the work that I do with others, it's helping them realize they're already where they're supposed to be. We just have to allow ourselves to be there because we're still operating in a different timeline. But if you really are honest, you're already here. And that's what was happening with me. You're already doing the work. So what do you need to teach her for? What is going on? What is the insecurity? What's the root of this? And can you allow yourself just to be here and trust yourself? And I was like, oh, yes. Yes, I can. And that was all part of your process, part of your journey, just to know, just to know that. Yes. And for most of us, we have been taught in our belief systems that someone gives you a gold star, or someone gives you a certificate, someone gives you something, whether it's spiritual or, or you have these 10 things you need to do to ascend your spiritual beliefs or whatever it is, that there are things that we have to do. But what if we're already doing the things and we get to give ourselves the stars and we get to give ourselves the credit with humility, right? Because there's some people that do give themselves the golden stars. And I'm like, yeah, you probably shouldn't have that many golden stars but that's cool. But we're often looking for the external world to validate us, all of us. And we all need validation, by the way. Even today, in this moment, when I get a client that gives me good feedback, I needed that validation. Even though I've been doing this for five years, I still need it because I still doubt. I still have these seeds of doubt. We all do. We all need validation. Yeah. And we can validate ourselves. That's really where the shift and the transformation happens. No one can convince me I'm worthy, by the way. I can have a million people around me that spread messages every day of like, you're worthy, but you're worthy. But the moment that it actually changes is when I believe implicitly, oh, I'm worthy. Then I can actually hear and receive their messages. But we are the only ones that can change us. I like that, that you say that we can validate ourselves. Yes. It doesn't always have to be an external. And even once we realize that, I think we can take that message and say, okay, I am no longer reliant on other people, what they say, what their words, what their message is, but I have everything within me and I can validate myself and I am okay. Yeah. And when we come from that space, other people's validations are gifts and not a necessity. They become something that we need to survive to something that really just nourishes us and is yummy, but it's not, give it to me, tell me. And they're like, oh my gosh. But now you're like, oh, I received that. Thank you. Thank you. you. Know? Yeah, that's a gratitude thing. You had mentioned breath work and I really wanted to learn more about that from you. When did you start practicing breath work? Yes. So as everything, I I quit my job and I'm an extreme person, if you haven't noticed. And I have an addictive personality. I mean, that's why it makes alcoholics alcoholics. So I started looking at all of these plant medicine programs are going to be like three month intensive training in other countries. And spirit was, yeah, or hear us out. You could just do something local, small, just try it out. And I was like, what? So I was open to that. And I'm looking on the websites and looking at the retreats. I, I've never done that many retreats, although that would shock you because you think someone like me has done all these retreats. And I've probably done five in my whole life. But I just came upon Breathwork in Sedona, provided by Linda Starwolf. And I'll talk about her in a moment. And I'd never done Breathwork, ever. Ever. I've never done anything spiritual at this point. But you could call this like, and it is, the Psychic Boulder Institute was spiritual, but I kind of felt like it was more scientific in terms of like how they approach things. So the spirituality side was still very much untapped for me. But the way that they describe breathwork and what it did for you and how they stated it was it's a transformational process using your breath. And it was a three-day weekend. I could drive to it. So I was like, okay, this feels like something. And it was a yes, right? Something you felt you were compelled or called to do. 
Yes. And terrified, right? I mean, just like me right now talking to all of you, it may seem like I'm very comfortable with groups, but this is something that's been trained in me. I am an introverted heart and I have lots of social anxiety. So signing up for something where people are going to be there and I don't know anyone is terrifying. But I was like, I'm in. Come on, fear. Let's do this. You know, it's a big yes. Yes. Like we're in it. So I did shamanic breathwork, which is taught by Linda Starwolf, and she has an organization called Venus Rising, and the roots are in holotropic breathwork. By the way, breathwork has been happening for thousands of years, various cultures, Buddhism, Taoism, Sufism, Christianity, to really help us transform or to be therapeutic. So this is not a new thing. Like everything that we're learning, we're remembering But Linda Starwolf has a really amazing approach and empowering and enabling us to use our breath. And her energy is also very transformative. In fact, I love, I have so much love and gratitude for Linda Starwolf. And we have so much, our energies, you know, are very compatible. She really helped me to see me because she's so transformative, holds such amazing space, such a love. So I went knowing nothing. And once again, this is one of those instances where we're in the opening circle and everyone's like, I've read all your books. I'm so excited. This is my 10th time. And they get to me and I'm like, my name is Eva. I've never done this. I don't know who you are, but I'm excited to know you. And yep, I'm open. And that was it. And everyone was like, okay. And that was the truth. Oh, I love that. And yeah. I love that. That's just so genuine and pure. <laughs> Yeah. And of course, my inner critic is like, you don't belong here. You don't even know what you're doing, right? Look at all these people. They know. And I'm just like, Shh, just be here. Just be here. And then I had my first breathwork. So breathwork is about this type of breathwork is using a cyclical breath to trick your brain into having an altered experience. So it's kind of the plant medicine without the plant, which for me, it turns out is actually really beneficial because I have an addictive personality. And I'm already really connected. So for me to do anything that is altering, it could break me, right? And I didn't know that then, but now I know that. So it was such a blessing, which is why Spirit was like, can we go away from the plant medicine and like come back to something that you can consciously do? So you use your breath. It's like you use your breath in a cyclical form until you're surprised. So it's kind of like riding a bike. And I'm just going to do it for all of you so that you can get a little sense of the breath work. So I say it's like riding a bike up a hill. So you're breathing. And then eventually you get to the top of the hill. All right, I'm on my journey. Like, I don't even know where I went or what happened or when it happened, but I don't need that strong breath anymore. And there's chakra tune music that's happening. You're on your mat. You are in comfy clothing. You maybe have an eye mask on, but you're really allowed to go into your own world where the music is driving the experience. So it's called chakra attuned music because they start at the root chakra, which is where home and safety is. But it's also where most of our transformations happen. This is where most of our work needs to be done. And then you travel all the way up into your crown chakra, which is at the top of your head, which is where we connect into spirit or to something else. So that's kind of like our ah space, right? So the music in the beginning always starts very rooty, like drummy, cathartic. It disrupts the system so that it helps you to get out. And it's loud so that you can cry, you can breathe really loud, you can make noise and not feel like you're making a scene or taking anybody else out of their process. And for me, first thing ever, it was so empowering because it was just the breath and it was me trusting me. And I did it. And I had an amazing 
amazing experience. And breathwork is so beautiful because it really allows you to tap into your own healer. Linda Starwolf will say tap into your own shaman, which we all have one. Shaman just means wounded healer, which we're all wounded and we're all healers. And get the guidance you need in that moment. So there's nothing overly mystical about it. We all think, oh, you must go into this crazy world. And yeah, some people get visuals. But for me, it was this moment of connecting into spirit. And in this moment, I got to see my mom. And I was still really angry at her. So it was an interesting journey of realizing how angry I was at her. And I didn't want her in my journey. And spirit was like, but she's here. I'm like, yeah, I don't want her. And what an empowering move in that moment to be like, I'm not ready. But I didn't know that. Because we think that we've like healed things and process things. I, I have clients say that a lot. I've already processed this. I'm like, that's adorable. <laughs> like that's still in there, right? These are the hidden parts of us. I love that word adorable. That's it's adorable. so adorable. And I just had this really profound experience of being able to tap into my own guidance using breath and music. And of course, Star Wolf, this is where I really learned is she can hold a space. And I can talk about holding space forever. But holding space is a responsibility of someone that's doing any kind of transformational work. And it means keeping the energy clean, the room clean, giving lots of permission, keeping it safe. But in that space, you can transform because you have the safety. You have this permission to tap into something, to have an experience, to have it be whatever you want. And that is this shamanic breathwork way. is like anything could happen and it's all beautiful. And holotropic is the same. So all the breathworks that it's founded on are, like have a similar philosophy. It's like tapping into ourselves. This is all about tapping into ourselves is where we unlock the things that we need to heal and kind of further ourselves on this journey. So, and in that moment, I knew like, this is it, right? Because I'm still looking for the breadcrumbs of what am I doing in this life? The Psychic Boulder Institute was one breadcrumb, but I was like, yeah, but what else? I feel like I, these gifts are bigger. What else am I supposed to grab onto? And then breath work, oh, here's another breadcrumb. And I knew in that moment, like, I'm going to learn how to facilitate this. And, and that whole weekend was really transformative. And I did. I took their month long. They have a certification that helps you facilitate and hold breathwork ceremony in North Carolina. And talking about when we come to something, we don't understand why. So I came to breathwork because in my mind, I was coming to it for my own career to find a modality that worked for me. But in reality, and I knew this day one, I was going for my own healing. So anything I do now is just I sign up for it because it's a yes. And I don't know. I could use it. I could not use it because I'm in yoga training and I'm still in that same mindset. I know I'm doing it for my own healing. I don't know if I'll ever teach, and that doesn't matter. That could be a benefit, but really I'm doing it for me. And most of us should be doing that. I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm going to get something out of it. And in breathwork is where I really was able to admit, although all of you know all the signs already that I was an alcoholic, but the moment you admit it, you have to do something about it. And I wasn't there yet because it was my best friend. It was helping me through my grief. It was helping me through this transition. And I was still drinking. I had left corporate. I was like doing all these quote unquote like woo woo things. And I was still a raging alcoholic. I wonder if that's why your mom appeared, if that was part of the journey. Yeah. Yeah. My mom has been such an incredible part of my journey. And that is what breathwork really helped me to do. Not only did it help me to kind of admit and really shift my alcoholism. So I've been sober since. It's been about five years. Congratulations. Thank you. But in breath work, I also was able to uncover some trauma at 38 that I had no idea. Or no, at this point, I was probably 40. 
that I had no idea had happened to me. And that was the biggest unlock ever. This is all the subconscious that you're acting from. And until you, until you uncover this, Eva, you're not going to be able to move from here because you don't even know what you're doing. You don't even know why you're making the decisions you're making or why you hate yourself so much. It's in here. And at that moment, I was like, whoa, the power of breath work, but also the power of the facilitators. Like Star Wolf has an amazing ability to hold that and work me through it. And she did. She really worked me through it to help me. Because when you uncover something like that, and by the way, I'll be honest with the audience today, I, I didn't believe in uh, recovered memories. I thought it was a bunch of bullshit. I really did. Because I was like, how can you not know? And me being me, like, I have handled fire and demons and monsters. I'm like, bring it. For me to not know something, but I didn't remember anything about childhood. I had no memories. So that usually is a sign that something happened. But I just chalked it off to like, eh, it must have been fine, you know? So one, that gave me a huge appreciation. Okay, stuck trauma is real. And two, a huge appreciation of like why people lose it, get locked away, and our, our wellness gets curved because I definitely had a psychotic break at that moment. And if I hadn't been with a group of people, I would have absolutely not been here because my first inclination was get out, not out of the room, but out of this lifetime. I cannot be in here. This is too much. I can't handle this, right? Well, thank God you were there. Yes, of course. Yes. In, in the safe space and that you were with Linda Starwolf. I really, this is why I trust in spirit and I trust in us. When we are following our yeses, when we're following the breadcrumbs, like we will arrive to the situation and place that we need. So trust it. Precisely. Because there was a moment where I was like so upset at myself that I didn't remember this, all the things that had impacted, right? Because trauma really wreaks havoc on your life particularly unconscious trauma. But then I had a moment of self-love, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. At this moment, you can handle this. Barely, by the way. So what would have happened if you had unlocked this before and you were drinking or you were in a bad situation? Like, well, come on now. Like a really self-love talk. Come on. Yeah, Why are you being so hard on yourself, girl? Like, you couldn't have handled this. And it was such a realization that, yeah, there's such truth and we can only handle what we can handle when we can handle it. Yeah. Yeah. Spirit does have compassion that way. Yeah. And I think for some of us, breathwork does so many different things. So I tell my story and then people get really scared of breathwork. Breathwork also has a way of empowering us, connecting to our ancestors, connecting us to our confidence, into our happiness, into our essence. So breathwork can be any and all of it. It's like doing a session with me. Like the world is your oyster. Like what you want to get out of it is what you're going to get out of it. I always tell people, come to breathwork for whatever reasons you have. And it doesn't always have to be a traumatic, hard experience. Most of the time, people leave breathwork feeling elated, effervescent. They're just like, huh, okay. I can, I can do more stuff. Or like, yeah, I broke through this thing that I was thinking through. Or like, yeah, I'm going to quit my job or whatever it is. And I'm like, yes. And then other times we uncover things that are in us. Well, I didn't realize I had all this grief still. Well, I didn't realize I miss my dad so much. I didn't realize that I was holding guilt about something that happened with my grandma and she's passed and I can't talk to her. Well, like when you're in breath work, you can. And that allows you to open that part of you up and to be able to receive it, receive the message or receive whatever it is that you're supposed to receive and then move forward with it. Or, yeah. or what is the catalyst of how that works? So I always say my healing work is very high vibrational. We do a lot of the work for you, right? But in breath work, what's beautiful, because I love both, is that you embody and you do the work. It's fully you, right? I'm holding the space in the container. But it's um, a very, very physical act. It's a physical and self-act. I can't breathe for you. I'm not going to be in your experience. And no matter how, and I've facilitated hundreds of breath works. And to this day, I never assume what someone is going through. Never, never, never. 
because I don't know, right? I can feel their energy. I can get a sense of what is being asked for me to do for them because we do a lot of body work in breathwork, which is a huge catalyst and accelerator of what you're going through. So for my breathwork, I untapped a lot of rage. Which, if you knew me, I don't have a lot of rage. I didn't think so, right? I would tell you I was sad, but I would have never described myself as an angry person, right? And Linda Starr was like, okay, yeah, you don't have any anger. You're adorable, but that's cool. I'm not going to tell you, but like, you'll figure it out. And by Breathworks 3, I mean the rage imploded. And there's a part of this that Breathwork really helps you to figure out that all emotions are spiritual, that they're all beautiful and whole and loving, like rage, happiness, peace, joy. Like it's all part of us and that it's okay to have one, you know, because we have such adverse reactions against rage or anger or hate or like, why? It's all of us. The whole point is to integrate the whole self. So breathwork helps you to own all parts of you and like get those things out. And where it helps us transform to your question, Teresa, is like, it helps us to tap into that unconditional love and that connection with spirit that's undeniable. So when I'm battling against my rage and in my human self, I'm like, this must mean I'm broken, that I'm just so worthless. I'm never going to get out of this. All the things that it's saying, spirit's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This means you're angry. This means bad things have happened to you. This means that you need to express this. This means that you need to move through this so that you can heal. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then I was like, oh. So I can just lean into this. They were like, yeah, am I going to break anyone? No. Am I going to break myself? No. Am I going to get stuck here? No. Okay, right? So it allows us to like feel that empowerment that we've been talking about this whole time is like remembering that we have the tools, that we know how to get us ourselves through this healing journey. And for me, it looked like tapping into my rage and grief. And for somebody else, it looked like tapping into higher kind of peace and joy qualities, right? And that's a whole other judgment that goes on when you're in a processing group and you've just been in an hour rage cycle and someone's like, oh my God, it's not butterflies. And then I like transport it with an eagle and I'm like, not fair. Yeah. I, want, I want the sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. And I like fought with my demons for an hour and I don't know, I feel like shit. So I need to move on, right? But so beautiful. But, but they're so individualistically beautiful. Yeah, and it's all beautiful. There's not a wrong or right way to journey. There's not a wrong or right outcome of a journey. That it's all about remembering who we are and clearing the debris. So breathwork helps us to clear that debris, to make it okay to feel depression, anxiety, fear, grief, rage. So my biggest, and this will relate to some of you in the podcast, is we think that our fear is failure, most of us. Like, I'm scared of failing. But at the root of that, for a lot of us, we're actually scared of succeeding because we are actually used to failing. We're used to being in the shit. I was used to being in the dark. It's comfortable. Yeah. We're very familiar with it. Yeah. So Spirit's like, no, no, you also belong up in the light. And I'm like, no, uh-uh. Nope. I'm totally okay with suffering. I know how to get through suffering. I know how to get through the shit. Leave me here. And they were like, yeah, no, no, no. You are also, as everyone is, you're okay in the light. But a lot of my breathworks were learning to be okay in the light, that I can come out of the dark, that I can have happiness, that I can have abundance, that I can have a good life, that I can have people that love me. That was the convincing that I needed to do for myself because my core story in programming was I am suited for the dark. Being in the light is for other people, right? And this is what that looks like. So most of my breathworks were getting rid of the debris, but also helping me to learn, like, you belong in the light. 
it's okay. Like you have both of you, like we all have both of the dark and light in us. But for a lot of us, we don't know how to be in the light. We don't know how to be in that happiness and joy. So we drift to like what we're used to, dysfunction, trauma, abuse, suffering, addiction. And I always say in healing sessions, and this is true for me, even though we are uncomfortable in the shit, we know this shit. We know it. It's our shit. It's ours. <laughs> so then you're asking me like, okay, if I need to stand up and walk over there. Well, what's over there? Yeah, you don't know. Are you kidding me? No, I'm going to stay right here. I've got a seat, you know, I've got a spot. But that is what transformation and our journeys usually ask us to do is walk out of your stuff into the unknown. That's the faith piece, right? Right. There's that trust fall again. Yeah. Yeah. Breath work. Does it actually, from my medical background, breath work will actually change the pH and things in your body. Is there something else to it that it actually is such a strong catalyst? Yeah, and I would say like pranayama is another form of breath work. So various traditions use breath in a different way, and they all have their purposes. Breath work and the way that I facilitate it, the, the purpose is transformation. And so the benefit is breaking up, kind of like breaking up the, getting enough oxygen in our body to flood it with oxygen, to give us that altered feeling, to get us, kind of get us out of our own way. So breathwork and the way that Linda Starwolf does it and holotropic, so a lot of the breathwork belief systems, is that if we can trick the mind into turning off, what could happen? So we use enough breath to trick the mind into turning off and to going into an altered state. So that really allows us to experience new things. It is a very physical way to break the paradigm, to break the boxes. And some of us, the first breathwork is just about learning that you can breathe because how I love us is that we're in breath work. We all know how to do it. And yet a lot of us are like, I'm not breathing right. I'm not doing it right. Like I'm not going anywhere. Like, yeah, your brain is still turned on. And that's okay, by the way, because that could be your whole first journey is learning how to get out of your own way, learning how to trust yourself, that there's no wrong or right way. Going on a journey also sounds very mystical. It's really just letting go. You hit this moment of like, you don't know where you are. You could be fully in your body. You could be having a visual. You could be having an emotion. Shamanic breathwork, which I love, encourages uh, expression and movement. So move. You can dance. You can do yoga. You can feel your body. You can kind of shake things out. You can rebirth. There's so many physical things because our body holds our trauma. Our body holds our memories, right? The energy. Definitely. It definitely does. Yeah. So you're able to release that just through the breathwork and actually maybe tap into it or open it up, release it. Yeah, we're learning to release it. For some of us, that's the whole process is learning that it's okay to have emotions in front of others, right? Because you have folks that, particularly when you're facilitating, you get to see. And by the way, everyone's breathing together. So no one actually is looking at each other, but we still have our inner critic that's don't scream or don't get angry or don't get up. We have all these restrictions. A lot of breathwork is just empowering ourselves to be freer, to trust our intuition, to find our yeses. In fact, Part of breath work is body work. And we train in body work because we want to keep it safe. One, you don't have to do body work. And it's not energy healing. We do not move your energy. It's literally just giving you another body to either come up against. Sometimes you need a hug. Sometimes we hold things in certain parts of our body. So it may just be like me coming up and putting my hand on your stomach area. And then unbeknownst to you, like grief just pours out of you because this is what you've been working the whole session. And you just needed that contact. But in breath work, we say if you want it, cool if you don't absolutely fine but if you want it 
you also get to change your mind. So if I come over and I'm doing something that doesn't work for you, often we cannot have a strong yes if we don't have a strong no. So sometimes in breathwork, we're also learning how to say no. Like, I may not even be doing something bad, but it's just something you don't want and you get to say no. And we teach that. So in the prep, we're like, you get to say no. And often you'll feel someone wanting to say no. And I'll tell people like, I will not read your mind. If you need to say no, you're going to have to say it loud. There's music, people may be making noise. So like, you're gonna have to say it and own it. And that's okay, you're not gonna hurt my feelings. Lots of permission. You will not hurt my feelings. Like, Because our people pleaser comes in like, I don't wanna hurt Eva's feelings. And then there comes a no, right? And I so lovingly back off, but like how beautiful is it to learn to speak for ourselves? Because so many of us, are just finding our voice, are just learning to say no. And then in other cases, someone will come up to me after and be like, yeah, I really didn't want you to do that. And I'm like, oh, did you say no? And they're like, no. Well, what stopped you? So then it will become a conversation. And by the way, I own it. Like I, I, I'm so sorry that triggered you. Let's talk about it. Like there's nothing wrong with you being upset about that, but let's talk about what stopped you from saying no, right? So next time, and if they come back, because usually I have, like, this is why I like to do it in a community. Because people will come back month to month because your transformation is a process. So I'll say like, next time, let's work on saying no. Even if you don't feel like saying no to me, let's say it. And they're like, okay. You know, so it's like working with people in their own bodies. You've got this. Remember, you have power to say no. And it doesn't matter. We talked about earlier. It doesn't matter my reaction or if it's going to hurt my feelings. It doesn't matter because you get to say no. I am learning so much from you. (laughs) (laughs) This is so fantastic. This is so great, Eva. Thank you tremendously for sharing all of this with us. If you could leave our listeners with one tidbit of information, a nugget of something to inspire them to either pursue their own personal growth journey, to pursue their spiritual intuition, to pursue breathwork, what would that be? That's such a great, I mean, I think it's something that I am still learning as well. And it's just not just, but believe in yourself, trust your, what calls you and what inspires you and what's going on with you. We have a really impeccable way of devalidating and discounting each other's experiences and ourselves, but really also with each other. So you are the captain of your own ship. Trust that and remember that when it feels like you are experiencing something that other people can't understand or your yes doesn't make sense, but your boat is going exactly where it needs to go. So can you honor yourself and trust yourself? And remember that it really is all within you and not in a Pollyanna spiritual bypassing way, but really you do have it in you. You're remembering that you've actually walked this journey. You're remembering that you know where you're going. And I would say, Teresa, one, thank you so much for having me. I mean, I could talk to you forever. I know. I'm kind of thinking I could do this all day. Yes. There's so much I have to learn from you and so much our (laughs) listeners are going to be learning from you. So we really appreciate this. No, thank you. That means a lot. And I want to offer you up as something that I would inspire others to do is just saying, yes, like you doing this podcast is such a beautiful example of you listening to your intuition and being like, okay, let's do it. Right? That's pretty much exactly what it was. Oh, all right. I will do this. That's great. Thank you, Eva. Yeah, no, thank you. I mean, you're meeting incredible people and bringing access to individuals that may not have been able to hear what these folks have been saying. So this is how our pieces of the puzzle matter and our gifts is when we trust in ourselves, we are actually helping others. So we have this idea that doing our self-work is selfish or greedy or irresponsible. But just like you're doing and I'm doing, actually, 
we're tapping into how we help each other when we are more authentically us. When we are showing up as us, like that is the goal. That is the juice. That is the gift, right? And I agree. I feel so much that we are not the doers. It's just the conduit. The message can come through us. And obviously with the podcast, because I'm not the one doing all the teaching. So I'm definitely just the conduit. This is really great. Thank you. Thank you. For our listeners that want to reach out to you and learn more about what you do, because you offer so much, you offer online courses, in-person courses, retreats, teaching programs, business consulting, and coaching. How can our listeners reach out to you? Yeah. I mean, the best way, if you're curious, is you can go on my website, evanelsonhealing.com. Can you spell that out for us, please? Yes. E-V-A-N-E-L-S-O-N healing.com. And you can book an intro. I love talking to people in meetings. So it's a 30-minute free intro. You can get a sense of me. I can get a sense of what you're working and we can talk about what we would do together. And then from there, if you want to book a session, like you can do it online or I make it really easy with my folks. I was telling you earlier that I'll just send the link. Everything that I do, I try to make it very accessible. So the best way is just to reach out, book an intro, or you can send me an email. And then I am on Instagram, also at Eva Nelson Healing. And I am not as good. I mean, there's my self-inner judge, but I'm not as good as updating that. But there's also links in there on how to book a session. You can find my podcast there in either location. I'm also testimonials. I'm a really big fan of like, read what other people have said about working with me. And on my website and on Instagram, I will always keep up to date on like events or anything that I'm doing. Excellent. Thank you so much. I am extremely grateful that you took that leap of faith and offered to say yes to talk with me and the listeners today. So thank you so much, Eva. No, thank you. And thank all of you for being here, for saying yes, for listening. I hope that whatever you got out of it, you know, plants a seed and or kind of brightens your day or lightens your step. And just thank you, Teresa. It's such an honor. It's just an incredible honor. Thank you. This is Conversations to Inspire with your host, Teresa Moore. This wraps up this conversation with the spiritual healer, Eva Nelson. Be sure to go back and listen to part one for all of Eva's teachings and her story if you have not already listened to that episode. Join us next week as we explore a different facet of the mind-body-spirit connection. Help promote this show by subscribing and following this podcast and leave a five-star review so we can continue to get incredible guests as we dive deeper into the mind-body-spirit connection.